Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One alive, one dead, one fictional. It's up to you who you choose. You pick them all. It's up to you who you choose. You pick them all. Who you having? Who you wish This is your dinner party And it's your guest list Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Guest List with Jake Lambert The podcast where I interview comedians to find out who would be their perfect dinner party guests But they can only pick three One has to be alive, one has to be dead and one has to be fictional This week we are joined by Kerry Godleman uh, Kerry and I were actually on tour together in March 2020 when this all started. So we sort of start the podcast talking about that. And as you'll hear in the podcast, we are actually back on tour this autumn. And tickets are available now on Kerry's website. Um, it's such a good episode with amazing guest choices. Um, the prediction bit is really fun. Uh, but the guests are... And I know I shouldn't have favourites but some of my favourite choices. So, please enjoy my conversation with Kerry Godleman. It's really weird talking to you, like, looking at you, because I'm used to, we, we chat, we're side by side. Oh, yeah. Should we do that? <laughs> we have to sit. <laughs> because we do, because we're on the we road. We have long chats on the road in cars. Because you would even see me. From the side of the car, from the side when I'm on stage and you're in the wings. Yeah, what? I'm really familiar with your profile. <laughs> yeah, or in the cinema when you turn to me to go, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> what did we go and see? We didn't see a waste of time. Actually, no, we, we, we've seen some good ones. We saw... Um, we saw Death of Stalin, I seem to remember. Death of Stalin we saw, and we saw the... Um, what was it called? Was it like The Wife or something? Where she was really oh, the writer. Yeah. yeah. Was that, that was with uh, Glenn Close? That's right, yeah, and Jonathan Price. We've actually seen good films. Yeah, we've seen good films. I, I don't expect anything less, Jake. We go to good cinemas as well. Yeah, exactly. We go to the art ones. But I remember We've got once... all that to look forward to <laughs> on our roadmap back to normality. <laughs> but actually, as boring as it sounds to anybody uh, who's not on tour, you need um, routine. Yeah. So if you can find something, it's the same, which is why Sheffield is rubbish because they haven't got any hotel chains. Oh, do you remember that weird hotel we stayed in? Oh, my God. <laughs> I really thought one of us isn't going to make it. This is total Bates Motel. It was so scary. Oh, no. And that I had... Really scary. My window was that looking out onto the... So the every time a car came round, my head, the headlights would come through my window and then sort of disappear again. And it just looked like yeah. the start of The Shining. <laughs> just the car. I just pictured the car just driving around. <laughs> Yeah. Horrific. I mean, a lot of hotels evoke The Shining, but this one 
is the most shining hotel I've ever stayed at. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you looked back through their signing book and saw that Stephen <laughs> King had stayed there in like <laughs> mid seventies. And there's a photo of him on the wall. In the <laughs> <laughs> We've had some shockers. Do you remember when we drove to Richmond, but the Yorkshire well, we were one? Late. And that, yeah, and you and I had to open for you. <laughs> we swapped, we swapped billing. <laughs> we were over an hour late because we, it was terrible anyway, wasn't it? We were like always, we were stuck in traffic from the second we left your house. Yeah. We stopped to get a subway and then we looked at the time and went, there's no way we're making this. No. And then we found out that actually the show started at half seven, not eight. So we were going to be yeah. even later. Even later, yeah. There's a review of that night. Have you ever read it? No. It's about it's about how you. I remember it, it literally said as the car screeched to a halt outside the theatre, <laughs> Kerry Godlevin ran out, appeared on stage two minutes later, holding a beer, checking where she was, and asking the audience where she was. Oh, that makes me sound really rock and roll. But what is important <laughs> to remember is it's a tiny little doll's house theatre up in Yorkshire. Oh and- yeah. Um, and I lost money on that gig. I had to pay them back for all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I that I ended up having to pay back some of what was lost because people left, rightly so. They had, you know, babysitters and God knows what. Basically, it was the most rock and roll moment of my life. <laughs> and then I had to just pay 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 the money back to the theatre. Sorry, I do remember it was lovely. It was so nice. It's such a lovely theatre. Yeah, beautiful um, theatre. But it was the difference between when I went there with uh, to, I went there with Tom Allen previously, yeah. and we we arrived I think four hours before the show started. Went out, <laughs> oh, God. went out for dinner, took a stroll around, and then he went and did yeah. some local. You do get, yeah, you have got quite different personalities that you've worked with. <laughs> I once when I was supporting Mickey Flanagan on tour, I me and him this was pre satnav or well, my satnav. Didn't work for some reason. Anyway, basically, I nearly lost him. We went we went off road, and we were. You know when you're lost and you know you're lost and you've got a headline act in your car <laughs> who doesn't know you're lost? You know that feeling, mate. You probably don't. Uh, and that, ironically, was his out-out tour and it was very nearly out-out-out-out because... Amazing. I, I Never in. We were proper... Never in. We were never going to make it. <laughs> I sort of had to confess to him. I was like, Mickey, we're really fucked. We're lost. <laughs> he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Do you know what I've done a few times is if obviously if you're going somewhere, you should put the postcode in. But sometimes I'll have looked at my phone earlier that day. Say we're going to Shrewsbury. I'll have just typed in Shrewsbury and then forgot I'd done that. Yeah. So I've been with and I think I was with Joel once um, and we got there. And as I sort of turned down basically into this small little uh, sort of driveway that led to a field, I realised that I just put in Shrewsbury, haven't I? (laughs) Oh, God. <laughs> but I had to just, I didn't want to let Joel know this. So I just went, I think, I reckon it's the other side of this park. So I put the sat down, the postcodes are wrong. And he was like, I hate when it does that. I'm like, yeah. So I just added yeah. it in and hope he didn't notice that we didn't go anywhere near the other side of that park. Bloody hell. <laughs> what was that other one where we got lost? We were just driving around the sort of complex area and we couldn't find the theatre. Oh my God. And over. Your memory is extraordinary. The fact that you probably remember what we had in our sandwiches on that day. You got the train that I picked you up from the station. So you had a, a sandwich and a packet of crisps. 
<laughs> oh man i mean can you believe we haven't done all this for over a year now it's mad well you and i were in the on the way to uh a gig oh. when it was all sort of kicking off on the 12th of march right. yeah that was and norwich, it was wasn't it? no 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 we'd done norwich on the saturday before and we were going to be doing norwich we on Margate. the we did and that was the Margate on the 12th and then we yeah. were back in norwich on the 15th and that was the last one yeah because right. We were looking, we were picking up for the curtain at like a few empty seats and realising it was sold out, but people just hadn't decided to not, not come. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we yeah. were sort of going, oh God, people are strange about it all, aren't they? But I mean, obviously correct. I know. Well, it, we, I think we were coming round to realising the seriousness of it that week. Well, the, the manager there was trying to like shake our hand and stuff and thought we were weird because we didn't want to shake his hand. Yeah. God. It's so, it's so bizarre. Lovely. Yeah. And now there's yeah. a vaccine. And that, so, yeah, it's all good news. And now we're on the road, Matt, to normality. <laughs> but we are gigging together May the 1st, right? Yes. In Portsmouth, yes. near Portsmouth. And then I think that tour, I mean, I don't know if you've been confirmed or not, but in theory, my tour's back. Oh, really? So I'm when does hoping that... you'll be able to do it. Uh, oh, like autumn, I think. Have oh, amazing. Even, like your diary, putting gigs in and stuff. Yeah, but it's weird to have like the glees and stuff back in, like proper weekends away. When um, are they? When are you doing them? Uh, June, I think. Gosh, so they're they're properly sticking with that road. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm well, that's be cool. Doing latitude in July, and I just can't get. That my head seems in. weird. That seems. I mean, I'd love it to be true. Yeah. But I just can't quite believe that. No. Somehow. I think I'll actually find it quite um, sort of triggering. And I don't think I've ever felt anything like that before. I think I'll actually mm. find it weird. The idea of being around all those crowds, I find it, I find it difficult. But I, I think. think you're, I think you'll, yeah, it'll be difficult and then it'll be fine because you're, you're, it'll be re-normalised again relatively quickly. So I've heard them say on Radio 4, we <laughs> are, oh. <laughs> as a species, we're quite adaptable. So we can, we can, you know, flex. Oh, really? Obviously, we'll just, this, that, um, as weird as it seems to have crowds now, is how, when we're in the crowds, we'll be thinking, isn't it weird that we were to stay apart exactly. from each other? We won't be able to understand exactly. that we ever did it. Well, You'll not be that we really pit. did. You'll be in a mosh pit by July. <laughs> At the front of Latitude on your kick. <laughs> you really are rock and roll. <laughs> I am now. She screeched into the festival with a pint in her <laughs> With this podcast, I realised that I have to be in control of it because the yeah, first no, you're in charge. The first episode I did, I would I was I had Sean Walsh on, I had Paul McCaffrey. We spoke for about three hours, and then I was like, <laughs> "Of course, it's on me, isn't it?" Because I'm the one that's supposed to sort of drive this thing and sort of actually have some control. Yeah, yeah. So I would I'll, I'll be a professional. Do you? Um, but the main thing is you're styling it out brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> And then I just go into my pressure voice and go, so Kerry, do you host dinner parties? And there we go. I do like a dinner party, you know. I am quite inclined towards a dinner party. Hosting. Yeah. Hosting is a word that sort of intimidates. I, I try to keep it. It's how you phrase these things, isn't it? It's like, yes. come round and maybe we'll eat. Doesn't sound as intimidating as I'm hosting a dinner party. Yeah. I, mean, I, would, I would never have one where there were people there that I didn't know very well. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe in the eighties or something, my mum and dad would have an occasional dinner party where they would invite two couples that didn't know each other very well though. So they could Oh my chat. God. 
I mean, that is like agony. I wouldn't do that. I mean, we yeah. always have like a bit of a joke, the stress of cooking, you know, and the, like, you know, you accidentally pour the gravy down the sink before they arrive and punch your partner in the face and all that kind of like me <laughs> tension, like Abigail party. Sort of yeah, 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 yeah. Repressed rage. But, um, <laughs> but I do quite, I like, I do like a dinner party with good friends. I enjoy sitting around a table and I think I prefer more when I was younger, like a student. And I think I always preferred that sort of thing to clubbing. Like I'd far rather sit around the table with a bunch of mates, eat some food, get pissed, then maybe put some music on and dance around the table. Oh yeah, that's true. I think I, I'd rather have that than a club, nightclub. I, I remember I remember that transition from that when I was at uni and loving going to like a nightclub or whatever. And then yeah. actually getting to the age where, I don't know, maybe people became more interested and we actually had something to say. Yeah. And, we, yeah. and then he's going, oh, actually, I quite like talking to my friends. They're actually... Yeah. It's actually quite good fun if you can hear what they're saying. Yeah, totally. Because otherwise, when you get really drunk, it's when you're on the dance floor. You can't hear what the other person is. You're just shouting in each other's ears. Which is but actually, right. you realise that's the best bit. When you are just in somewhere, music's, yeah. the music you want on is on. You're all just yeah. drinking. The drink is a lot cheaper. It's yeah. a much better night. And totally. you, yeah. And often as well, it doesn't go till four in the morning. No, exactly. Although a few of mine did. Probably in those <laughs> less so now. Less so now. But I am, I do, and I do like cooking as well. I like sort of making. Oh, do you? Oh, I've got a cup of coffee coming here. I, oh, um, lovely. Oh, look at that. In my Hobbit cup. Wouldn't it be great? A Hobbit cup should be massive to make you look like a Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. With big hairy hands. Uh, <laughs> I, I tweeted the other day that I baked a cake whilst I was pissed. And I don't think, I, and I got quite a lot of people were like, oh yeah, that's a great pastime. Like get, you know, fully, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah, cooking while pissed, what's not to love? But I don't cook pissed that much. I've got Oh pissed. no? Oh I've, yeah, Well, yeah, it's a bit dangerous. They might scar them. Well, knives and flames. Got to, you got to factor health and safety <laughs> in, didn't you? <laughs> we do that later, actually. I was going to ask you your signals of this, but that comes later. Ah, uh, right, okay. There's been a knock at the door. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Imagine that on Desert Island Discs. <laughs> Your first song, oh, here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. This is the records bit, isn't it, Lauren? <laughs> oh, format. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. It's manipulative. <laughs> Pretending we're having a chat. <laughs> exactly. This is bullet points, mate. Crack on. <laughs> There's a knock There's at the bit... door. Yes, you're... First guest of the evening. It's your alive guest. Oh man, this was the hardest. Oh really? People yeah. have often said fictional's the hardest. Alive. Oh yeah, fictional was the hardest. You're right. There's only three, <laughs> and I just got this <laughs> wrong. Um, yes. Oh god, Jake. I mean, where do we go with this? Do we do people that we like? I told Ben, my husband, about this earlier, and he went, "Well, surely it's me. I'm your alive guest." <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I don't think he meant I don't think he meant that. That's you mean like famous people, don't you? You don't mean like my mum. <laughs> well, um the, the, the idea that so that you can um sort of uh soften the blow for Ben later, unless yeah. you have picked him, but is is that oh you're you know, know boost his ego, yeah, booked him. I don't want to pretend you had, but it's that you pick three. Right. Yeah. And then and then together we decide on the best one. And that person goes to the ultimate dinner party, which is where all my guests 
So yourself yeah. and the other comedians I spoke to, we all then get to have a big dinner party um, <gasps> with our favourite people who we also think other people will enjoy. Oh, yes. I love this. So I love that. Um, I don't know, Ben so might be like, great. Um, ben next ben would, to Einstein. Ben would be great. Yeah. Ben would be great, actually. He genuinely would be great. <laughs> I love going to a party with Ben. I love Is going he just to... off just off camera right now? No, <laughs> ben would be great. You look like your eyes are screaming, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> No, he would be a good dinner party guest, but no one knows him, so it won't work for this programme, will it? But he would be. He's funny and uh, he's a good listener. <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> All the famous people that you can think of, they would dominate, wouldn't they? Because that's the nature of, you know. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see the... them with other greats. No, exactly. Would there be room for all these big personalities? I. So, my route one mm-hmm. is Dolly Parton. She has been a very popular choice. Yeah, you see, this is why I said Route 1. Because obviously when you're being asked, this is the challenge, whether it be Desert Island Discs or Guest List, uh, you want to be original and yet accessible at the same time. You don't want to be too obscure. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also don't want to be too obvious. And I thought Dolly is probably too obvious. Like, has she already been picked? She's been picked twice before, yeah. Um, by women by women yeah yeah I mean she's a she's an icon but it'd be lovely to hear that she'd been picked by some blokes but uh no I don't I think it was it was it was um Joanne McNally well I'm very pleased to be uh that we've got the same we're on the same page with that but it's it's a good a very good and popular choice well it's great because she's funny and she's smart and she's kind so she probably wouldn't dominate and then she'd play music Lovely. I mean, that's a perfect dinner party guest, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a great shout. I mean, it's obvious, but it's obvious for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Also, there's a very, there's a, I would like to choose women because it'd be good to kind of platform some great women, but there's a lot less for us to choose from, let's face it, from the canon. Like there's more cultural sort of, I, there's more things like, I mean, like, off the top of my head, I would say, Gloria Steinem's up there. I would probably quite like to have her as a dinner party guest. Who's Gloria Steinem? I mean, I've she's just proved writer. your point. Yeah, okay. quite. She's a writer and an activist. And she's just she's just very, very smart. And I used to read... When I was a teenager, I read her books. And I always found them extreme... I love a self-help book, Jake. Oh, okay. All through my, like, teens and 20s, I did inhale a lot of like self-helpy kind of books I like that sort of stuff and did they and, help um, I think they do help I think yeah. they do help if you don't have like I'm not a religious person so it's nice to have some kind of values mm. some some sort of structured philosophy to kind of map your life out a little bit and I don't have religion for that but I'm not like fully secular or atheist either I don't sort of free fall through existence so it's quite nice yeah. to have some like you know charismatic you know thinkers philosophers and she's an activist she's a political activist but she's also about self-realization and she, she's brilliant she's a brilliant charismatic inspiring badass woman so I would love her uh-huh. to did she suggest turning up an hour late to gigs? <laughs> no, she probably wouldn't endorse that. She's uh, she would probably say no. That's not very respectful of your 
audience. <laughs> Let's not unpack that. I'm terrible. Bad punctuality. My, my dad always was like, you know, being late is arrogant. You should never be late. It's a real sign that you don't value the people that you're that are waiting for you. You know, I, I it's oh. terrible. Bad punctuality is not acceptable. Like that's why maybe that's why I never read that review because I knew. Yeah, let your dad see it. No, my dad would be fucking livid. My dad was once arrested for being, I think, two hours early for a job interview when he was a young man for loitering. Is that a crime? Oh, right. No, he was nicked for loitering. He looked like loitering. Yeah. That's amazing. It's either that's either him proving how um, how early he is. Or he was really late, and that's the best excuse he could come up with for an <laughs> <I know>. interview. <laughs> yeah. he, I, I wasn't mean, I late. In think... fact, I was so early, I got arrested for it. <laughs> I, know. I know. I mean, I've never heard anything more absurd in my life. But they always say, don't they, that what's that saying about lateness? Or like, if you can, people that are regularly late, if you can be consistently late, you can be consistently on time. There's no excuse for it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you should have learned your lesson. Yeah, exactly. So I sh- I have learnt my lesson from that Richmond gig. Anyway, I don't even know how I got onto that. But <laughs> what? How did I get onto that? Just about people being good people. And Gloria Steinem is someone who's very inspiring about just I don't know politics. I mean, she's a political activist. She's a feminist activist. Oh, and is she's she a great English? writer. No, she's American. And she's she's written books about being on the road. You might like. It. She wrote a book a couple of years ago called Life on the Road because she's just pretty much always been on the road. Oh, and, and talks a lot about that. You know how like road movies are just so lovely. You're always American because it's such a small country we live in. So a road movie doesn't quite have the, you know, romance with America mm. and just the expanse of it. And then the difference between the states and different, you know, I just think she's great. I think she'd be a really lovely person to hang out with at a dinner party. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, so that it would be, Dolly would be route one, Gloria Steinem would be maybe my second choice. I mean, I can, like, it would be, would you go for a comedian? Because comedians obviously, but I think comedians can be nightmares socially because they just perform, don't they? Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Is is that they, they would perform, or, well, they'd either perform, or as we know, the complete other way in which they wouldn't yeah. say a word. And um, and, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They would be very self-indulgent or just say nothing. Yeah. The other option, the other thing is with comedy is it's very easy for us to uh, come across and work alongside incredibly famous people anyway. Right. Does that make sense? So if it's like a fantasy of who we'd want to have, um, the circles can easily cross over. Yeah, yeah. No, that's With our true. job anyway. So I think, so... So, so one, we sort of, we get these chances to meet these uh, incredibly like impressive and famous and successful people. Yeah, no, that's very true. I always think with these things, my, my, is, I, I was surprised at how many of my choices or potential choices are actually American. So they're not people our paths cross with much anyway. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know why, but they just all end up, this sort of iconic people tend to be. I mean, comedian-wise, again, my choices would probably be American. I wouldn't mind, like, Amy Schumer, team, Tina Fey, and Amy Oh, Poehler. yeah. Like, those three would probably... I, Amy, out of those three, I'd go Amy Poehler. I sh- I, she'd probably be a nice guest. And they do impro, not stand-up. So she'd be one of those, like, never block, never block. That's like an <laughs> impro rule. Oh, yeah. Yes, and. Yes, and. So she wouldn't be dominating. Keep the, the conversation open. going. 
totally. And she played the voice of Joy in Inside Out. So that would be relentlessly pleasing. Yeah. And she'd probably be amazing at charades later on in the evening. <laughs> I've, I've been watching a lot of her stuff. My kids love Wine Country. Have you seen Wine Country? No. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's brilliant. It's got... Uh, Was it like a series? No, it's a film. She directed it. And my kids just absolutely love it. It's, it's like, it's a bit like Bridesmaids, but they're older. And they just go, it's a bit like sideways in, it's all set in wine country, California. And they go on this like, uh, away for a long weekend for a 50th. And um, get shit faced. And it's just hilarious. It's really good film. Yeah, it's oh, really I'll check out. Have you watched, or have your children watched, uh, Booksmart? Yes. Booksmart is phenomenal, isn't it? It's so great. I love it. I can't because you know she's uh, the girl in it that the um oh beanie the, something yeah who, she's um uh, Jonah Hill's sister in uh, in real ah, life oh yeah. is she I didn't know that yeah but she never told them that when they were casting her or anything so she managed yeah. to sort of make this basically female super bad whilst yeah. actually being his sister um, ah, I, di- I didn't know that because she's the best friend in Lady Bird so that's where I saw her first oh my god I love Lady Bird. Yeah, that's and, a great one. Actually, maybe, oh, she could be on my list as well. Who's the woman, the director? Greta Gerwig. Greta, Greta Gerwig. I wouldn't mind her as well. Uh, I watched Francis Ha the other day for the first time. <gasps> Francis Ha is one of my favourite films. It's incredible. It is I such a good, film. it's so funny and it's yeah. such a good state. I don't know, maybe because it's like comedians or that sort of knocking about and just sort of like, dithering through life that's it yeah and suddenly realizing you have to do something you have to sort of be a bit more professional I I talked about now this is when podcasts uh overlap because I that was one of my picks for Brett's um oh films to be buried with yeah because one of the questions was which character from a film do you sort of most relate to and I put her that that lead (laughs) the Greta Gerwig character in Francis Ha because I felt like that when I was in my like late 20s early 30s I just thought why am I still living like I'm 18 I should have grown up by now and 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 unless we're back at the fringe where we sort of get a month where we're allowed to (laughs) yeah no exactly but you know it's delusional Adam Driver's so good as well he's so funny He's great. I just love that movie. I really do. And I love why it's called Francis Ha. And you just like literally find out in the last second of the film. Oh, remind me, because I've forgotten. Well, I don't I don't know what her last name is, but but she when she moves into her own apartment and she goes to put her label by her doorbell bits, uh-huh. the paper's too short, so all that comes up is Francis Ha, and that's all that can fit in. Oh, that's lovely. So literally the last beat of the film is you is literally that's why they've called it that. Oh, that's it, lovely. Have you seen the 40-year version yet on Netflix? The what, sorry? It's called 40-year-old version or 40-year version. No. That's another kind of like, I love sort of New York, black. it's black and white as well. It's about a 40-year-old woman who basically all this kind of like crisis of, you know, growing up and ageing and la la la, but she's 40. And she won some award for like playwriting when she was under 30 and she's not really had the career. Ah that had been intended. And so it's a bit like the next part of Francis Harin that it's another woman, but a decade older and oh. still struggling to kind of, you know, make her way in the sort of arty sort of scene in, in New York. Right. I don't know how many you've chosen, but I'm going to, I'm going to do for format. There's been another knock at the door. Are we safe to okay. do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's, good. that's how I cap me. it. Yeah. That's how, how many did it. I, how many did I choose then? Six? Did uh, I beat Joanna? No, well, uh, you've, you've only picked three. 
So you picked Dolly Parton. Unless there was names you were dropping that I didn't realise were also going in. Well, I I thought I threw Amy Poehler in and Amy Schumer and Tina Fey. Oh, you did, yeah. So I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were such in passing. I was in at the door. Um, I forgot to let them in. I will have to boil that down. (laughs) Well, I wrote down Dolly Parton, Gloria Steinem, Amy Poehler. Yeah, that's a good three. It is a great three, yeah. I think yeah, they'd be happy really to happy. hear that. Yeah, that's a good three. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been another knock at the door. It's oh, yeah. I don't know whether it's the fourth or the seventh knock of the evening. <laughs> it's the it is, however, the first dead guest of the evening. Oh man, this was hard. Who did I think of? <gasps> oh God. I Googled this and sort of gave it some thought, and now they've gone out of my head. Oh, there's only one. Oh, I know, I know. It was Robbie Will- uh, Robin Williams. Has yes. he come up before? No, he hasn't. Somehow, oh, okay. he hasn't come up before. He slipped through the net. Amazing. What's your favourite Robin Williams film? Oh, I I just... Oh, man, that's really hard. Like, Dead Poet Society, I love. Fisher King, I love. I mean, I just... I love Robin Williams. I love his stand-up. I love his stand-up. That gig at the the what the really famous one, the, 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 the special that's his main one in the 80s, Oh, at the um, at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, that yes. I love that. I just love that. He's such a just a brilliant, lovable all round. He is one of my favourite Robin Williams stories. Is the um, in fact this was at Carnegie Hall. Is that um, who uh, you know um, the man on the moon that that comedian the American. Um, oh God, Ka- Kaufman. Yes, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. So he. Yeah. He's playing Carnegie Hall and he said about the fact that he, he, his grandma always told him that she believed that he would go up to play it. So Andy Kaufman played the Carnegie Hall with his grandma sat on a sofa at the side on, on stage <laughs> and went for the whole thing and she was loving it. And right at the end, he introduced his grandma and his grandma walks up to the microphone, pulls off a mask and it's Robin Williams. And oh he my was God. playing Andy Kaufman's grandmother for like two hours. <laughs> That is brilliant. <laughs> what a great story. In what I assume was pre-Mrs. Doubtfire as well. So I guess yeah. it was his first sort of foray into that. But I, because I, I, I grew up with Robbie Williams, whether it was Jumanji and Jack, you know, silly films like that. But even Jack, I actually saw in a cinema in America. So oh, I like, really? had my first cinematic experience in America, which is very different. Um, is it? Yeah, they get involved. They sort of That's cheer amazing. along. They clap. It's just, it's so different. Um, oh, I didn't know that. But and and in fact, I I think that Robin Williams, despite the fact Steven Spielberg doesn't like the film that he made, Robin Williams, Peter Pan is who my fictional choice would be. Oh really? Oh, that He's film I just watched again and again and again growing up. So I, I yeah. love him so much. I've hijacked your answer. Sorry. No, go. no, no. And I'm glad that I've got a good answer that you're into it. And um, Awakenings as well. I love Awakenings. That's oh. Well, the good thing about him is he's good in he's good in absolutely everything. I don't think there's anything yeah. he's not good in. He's Even, extraordinarily lovable. I mean, like just he's just a he's just so lovable, isn't he, Robin Williams? What are your thoughts on him in One Hour Photo? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, watch One Hour Photo. Is he a bad guy in that? Yeah, like a creep. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And does it work? Uh, it works. Yeah. My mum, my mum doesn't like it. She doesn't like him in it, but she finds always finds it funny when comedy actors do the whole sort of serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like um, when sort of Jim Carrey will do that, and they sort of all grow a beard. And there was a yeah, Robin Although- Williams did it. That um, the tiger from The Hangover when he did Life of Pi. 
<laughs> that's your cat's got that name, hasn't he? Life of Pi. Yeah, <laughs> Life of Pi. <laughs> Richard Parker. It, what's his name, Mr. Parker? Richard Parker, yeah. Richard Parker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, go through a couple other Robin Williams films because now I feel a bit. Um, this is what happens. I'm my memory's going, Jake. So I get oh. really like I can't do these listy. Oh, well, we have Good Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, that's great. I remember loving that. I haven't seen it for years, but I remember loving it. Um, I, I mean, for, I absolutely love him as Peter Pan. And in fact, there's another series to watch, a, uh, a history documentary on stand-up um, on Sky, which might be available on Now TV. But one episode ends with him. You've ever seen him doing that sort of bit about having how we all have like a spark of, of madness? Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's uh, it must be able to find that on YouTube. Just him, he just does this really delicate thing that you can just tell the audience to suddenly go silent as he's like doing this little. Sp- it's wow. perfect because, and that shows why he can do serious stuff because yes. he just goes from silly and wacky just to suddenly just so small. Yeah, and it's just phenomenal. Were his you, um... perform his ability. Uh, that's why I think you know, although the movies I love, but the stand-up, just that command and that ability to hold the bit. I'm sure it wasn't. I don't know if it is Carnegie Hall. The, the special I'm thinking of. I'm sure it's in New York. It's in a. It's in like it's on Broadway or something like that. Mm. It's in a, but Carnegie it's Hall's in New York. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I mean, fucking hell! What a what a reveal! I didn't even know that. Um, <laughs> But um, it's in like a kind of Pross Archie Victorian theatre. And he Yeah, yeah, that sounds stop. like it. Yeah, it must be then. It must be the mate. And he doesn't stop. He just goes like the clappers and he talks about becoming a dad. Oh, I haven't seen that. And there's oh. a bit about someone sh- shitting in a swimming pool or something. It's just br- it, it's it's just <laughs> covers all bases. And he's, just, and he's sweating and he's running around and he doesn't stop and there's there's you know, heart in it. And it's just, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful piece of performance. You know, sometimes stand up, it's just jokes. And then sometimes it elevates to something else, doesn't it? It becomes something else. And I think he, he took it to other levels really. And also just that kind of, as well, I do love probably because of my own love of both, that he's an actor and a stand up, you know, and that that, that yes. hybrid sort of career is a, because I do love acting, but I do really love stand-up. I love it. And I like yeah. doing it and I love watching it. And he's just someone that demonstrates, you know, brilliance in both. And they feed each other. His his brilliance, his humility and, you know, extraordinary heart comes through so vividly in both, you know. Have, have you ever spoke to Math Brown about when he did Outside the Box? No. Robin Williams did Outside the Box in 2006. Um, oh, so outside wow. the Box, people listening, is a small club in, in Kingston. That's um, a real grungy club. Like, it's tiny. It's yeah. back back of a pub, this little... It's like for music. It's called the Fighting Cocks, isn't it? It's like the venue. Yeah, yeah. It feels um, like a music venue, yeah. Yeah. And Robin Williams was here for the Queen's birthday I think he was uh performing a birthday so he came over and he he wanted to be like on it and sharp so he did loads of gigs around London and ended up somehow ended up outside the box oh wow so he um he went on uh uh, um I think math did in fact math was on holiday in America and he flew home so he could be there no way yeah I think he was in New York in fact and he flew back so he could be there 
And it was oh, so, so the audience didn't know he was on. It was audience had no idea. So Matt oh did the classic. Uh, there's a new guy wanting to sort of try out some material. Please welcome to the stage, uh, Robin Williams. He said they sort of clapped and then sort of realised who it was. And it, he said it was just boom. Oh, wow. And then he said yeah. it was just like a tornado on the stage. And oh, then um, <laughs> and then Jeff Norcott had to follow him. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I want to hear that story from Jeff. How did that go? <laughs> I, 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 can't, I don't know. I don't want to speak oh, for Jeff, but I can imagine. That's but, great. Uh, I mean, how phenomenal is that? And that's what I was saying about the fact that in this job, you can just, the yeah. things can that's happen. What, you can just cross these that. people. I love that, that a massive star can be playing a little underground gig in London or whatever, because he's got that hat as well. He can wear that hat and that hat. And he had no ego. He could transition between those worlds without the ego. You know, a lot of, so it's like, you, that's what I love about stand-up is that it is like, I don't know, sometimes I sort of liken it to sort of AA or something because you can go anywhere in the world and find a gig and go and do a gig. <laughs> like, a kind of, you know, it's a really lovely thing that doesn't really change. It's a kind of, you know, it, it, films and telly and all that stuff is one world, but the stand-up circuit is that's why I have hope that through all this pandemic and everything, it will probably work itself out because you can't sort of rub out someone standing in a room making a group of other people laugh. You just can't rub that out. You don't, you know, you can do that. That's a very basic achievable event. But I think it's, uh, I think that's really lovely to think that a massive star of his stature has no qualms whatsoever about bowling down to a crappy little South London gig. I don't think I've got any other contenders for that one. Seeing as you're I don't so think happy there is. with it, I'm going I to love stick it. with it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, there's been another knock at the door. Oh, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the third choice, but not the third guest of the evening. It's the fictional guest. So, who's at the door? Oh, God. Uh, Well, if it was... right. Right, these are my choices, and you can you can decide. Uh, Matilda, lovely. 
but she's a child. But you wouldn't have to pick, go and get anything from the kitchen. She could bring it with her finger. She... <laughs> with magic. <laughs> That's true. But I she like is a child. Logic. So in terms of company, you know, it would be... Like, I know she's well-read and she's super smart, but mm. essentially she is a child. You've got so, a child um, there. You can have Miss, Miss Honey there to sort of chaperone. It'd be quite nice. Miss Honey's a bit of a square, though, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, I've got a lot of comedians at this dinner party. Yeah, uh, true. Yeah, I'm not sure Matilda should be there, really. But yeah. yeah, Matilda, because, well, yeah, maybe. I thought that she kind of was magical. And there aren't that many. Again, it's women. I was like, come on, let's get some really cool women. I'd have Ray from Star Wars. I think Ray from Star Wars is pretty That's great. cool. Really because cool, she's, yeah. She's got, she'd get, you know, she's feisty and smart and all the rest of it, but she's funny as well. What I love about the new Star Wars films is that that's what I realised watching the prequels. Mm. They're very earnest. There's not enough humour in those films. That's why they don't quite work, among lots of other problems. Uh, but the humour, because my other choice might be Han Solo as well. I reckon Han Solo would be oh. Because I kind yes. of fancy him. I still fancy him. Such a cool character. He's so cool. And I'm sure he was my first crush. And I don't know what, uh, what's Harrison Ford looking like these days? But I, you want to have someone Ooh. at the dinner party that you fancy a bit. And I always fancied Han Solo. Yeah, very cool character. I saw him recently. I think David Blaine was in his house doing a trick for him. And he sort of looked a bit worse for wear. But um, he's still, you know, charismatic and charming. Um, I still would. That's the phrase. But, um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I still would. That's that's. I, I mean, when he was in uh, the recent Star Wars, when Adam mm. Driver killed him. Spoilers. Oh shit! Sorry. Um, yeah, he still got it, and I was gutted. I was gutted. I was like, "Hang on, what? Han Solo's dead." I really was in a lot. Oh uh, yes, I'm so glad I didn't know that was coming. I'm so glad that people are no. people can be good on the internet and not tell you what's happening. <laughs> I'm not um, shit. I really have blown that. I'm really bad at spoilers. Oh no, it wasn't a to me to be a dig at you. Sorry. It's been years. I think people got over. If if they haven't seen the film now, that's no, on them. Yeah. They don't care enough anyway. No. Um, but I think Han Solo is a great character. I think Star Wars is really good at those kind of just archetypes. And he's, yes. like a, he's a great archetype, you know. It's yeah. like a space pirate, isn't he, in that sort of world? Yeah. Um, him and Chewbacca are such a good sort of little, uh, what do you call them, duo? Yeah, yeah, really great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I used to have, in fact, I used to have the image of Han Solo on the background on my phone, which was him there with, uh, and then it was written next to it, was... Um, was it never tell me the odds of when they're oh, like, one... they're going through and I think Chewbacca or something ah. tells him that what the odds of hitting. Oh, see if you be, I think says, or something says about, well, this is the odds of us hitting something. He's like, never tell me the odds. So <laughs> That's cool. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, cool. Good. But it's a challenge coming up with the fictionals because the obvious ones like are Elizabeth Bennett, I suppose, and things, you know, Hermione Granger is one that came up, but these are like, oh man, there's such an absence of like, cool. <laughs> Or women from fiction to pick from if you're if you're if you're coming at it with a view to oh look I'm going to consciously decide on a woman character but um I'm not well read enough to be able to take take it from the canon of books but I also maybe Frances Ha would be another one I quite like her and, and we've seen her at a dinner party and it's very funny she's great at a dinner party y yeah 
That's so good. When she's just saying things. It's so real. It's so yeah. well done. She actually yeah. reminds me a lot of Sarah Pascoe. Yes, um, I can see that. She does, doesn't she? Sort of her Although mannerisms. Although I think sort of... of Sarah as more together. Like she's written books and yeah, written yeah, 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 sitcoms yeah, yeah. and actually <laughs> achieved an enormous amount of great stuff. Yeah, Whereas Frances Ha can't get her shit together. <laughs> but that, yeah, the, the personality quality, I can see that. Yeah. My, yeah. I love that bit where she's just running through New York to David Bowie. I love Oh, that. yes. It's, it's yeah. Beautiful. It's such, such a good film. I don't know what the decision to film it in black and white was, but I love it that it did it. it just no, I know what you mean. I really, I, and actually that other film I told you about, that's shot in black and white as well. Um, the, Which the one's 40 that? Year old, oh. The 40 year old version. Oh, that, okay, right. And, and I and I suppose that maybe there is something, when you're watching a contemporary film that's been shot in black and white, it does alter how you watch it doesn't it it's a kind of interesting creative decision it adds something to it it makes it feel for lack of a better it makes it feel arty it makes it just feel arty it does and yeah. i don't i don't know i don't know what the decision for it was I've, I've, it's um what's his name it's it, the director is um oh the guy oh. who did the marriage yeah but oh i can't think of his name noah noah yes. something yes it um, is noah. i mean he's sort of art house anyway um, and weren't they a couple when they made that movie? Oh, they were, were they? Yeah, I think they were together. Um, I just think that those films would be slightly different if they were colour. It mm. really it's an interesting decision. Why does it make it arty but not pretentious? And what? And if mm. that's true, why isn't it done more? Like, why has no one ever shot a sitcom in black and white? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although they did do, uh, they've done a couple of films recently. Um, they did the um, the Wolverine, like Hugh Jackman's last one, when it was sort of a right. bit more of a darker, moody one. They re-released that in black and white and they released oh. uh, Mad Max Fury Road in black and white. Wow. Um, because apparently the director of the, uh, Mad Max was, was just in the edit when they, he said, just switch it on to let me see what it looks like. And he, and he mm. said, we have to release it as this. Oh, that's interesting. But you're right, a sitcom would be so cool. Yeah, why Way not? To why stand out. Made... Yeah, totally. Well, let's do it. We'll let's do, do it. That. Well, I'll, I'll keep this bit out of the really. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lovely, I mean, sometimes, because obviously we've got all that facility on our phone now with mm. photos. Very often I'll just convert one into a black and white because it just looks nicer. It's just a very it classic. Look, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It just, it actually, to me, it actually looks sharper as well. Yeah. I suppose there's that love affair with nostalgia isn't there there's something about it mm. that it makes it look retro in fact bill burr's had a couple of his stand-ups he did a stand-up special black and white oh really i, I didn't realize that because i was just thinking was there a way to make the lighting look like black and white if you're on stage would be really yeah. cool yeah a way to do it but he did it actually for his uh for his one of his specials oh i didn't know that i'm glad you like it too i liked it with Francis. i couldn't understand why they did it i just liked that they did no me too me too but she's a good fictional character She's very it's good. Hard. It is hard. One, to two, think three, of. four, five. We've got six currently. Well, dump Matilda. Let's kick her out. It's better. Okay, she's gone. I guess because yeah, if you want a child, slightly older child with magic, you've got Hermione. Yeah, I suppose you're gonna. Yeah, if you, it's the magic you're after, go Hermione. She can bend time, can't she? Like when I when I was younger, oh. and you'd have those sort of parties where you were like, oh my! I had a friend who hated it when the sun came up, so he'd like gaffer tape the curtains closed it's like it's still it's only two o'clock it's like you turn the clocks back 
because he didn't want it to end. Hermione Granger would be really good at that. She'd be like, she'd do those time spells. He's now runs a casino in Las Vegas. <laughs> he hated it. When people were like, oh, let's call it a night. I'm knackered. Let's, you know, it's the morning now. He's like, no, it's not. Oh, my God. Wow. Is he still the same? Yeah, pretty much. Blimey. Yeah. Right, we now have a quick, quick fire round where we just get oh, to shit. see what what a dinner party will be like for you. Okay, so just a little bit, just to make it a bit more dinner party. Again, undoing the format. Right, <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're really taking command now, Jake. Well done. Beer or wine? Uh, wine. Whiskey or gin? Ooh, gin. Meat or vegan? Vegan. Starter or desserts? Starter. Mm. Music or games? Oh, music. Yeah. But I do like games. Oh, shit. I like both. Oh. So this is for the entertainment afterwards. A musical Musical game. game. Musical chairs. Lovely. No, but like, you know, you can... Not with Matilda. She'd move the chair as you sit down. (laughs) Like a game, a music game is you play a track and then a word or a theme or something that's mentioned in that track, you have to have that make you like, yeah, I don't, uh, so Moon River and then Blue Moon. And then, oh. so it's a bit like, it's a bit like the chain on Six Music with a- Yes, Pony. great. Yeah. So it's like the chain, you could have a music game. Politics or culture? Oh, well, Gloria Steinem's there. So she would probably, she'd make it about politics. But I think, so that people didn't argue, let's go culture. Because we're living cool. in very Yeah, that's nice. Times. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, no one wants to talk about Brexit or anything like that. It's very polarized. Yeah, that's banned. Yeah. Signature dish. Oh. A signature dish. It'd be like a stew or a chili, one of those kind of Mexican-y mm. sort of like feasts where there's loads of bits like guacamole and salsa and all the bits. Oh, okay. And, and going by your earlier choice with a quick fire round, a vegan chili. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I'll, I'll be up for that. Great. You know? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> if I'm on your live list. <laughs> yeah, you can be on my live list. <laughs> now, Kerry, we have a little bit of fun where I go through and I show you who I chose for you. I'm looking forward to this. Now, I will say that Alive, uh, the person I chose, does come with some contention and did get an earlier mention. Okay. So for Alive, I went for Woody Allen. Right. Interesting. Because I was nearly going to have him. I was going to say, what about metaphorically he's dead and I have him as my dead? <laughs> I have him and Louis C.K. as my dead guests <laughs> because they're now cancelled and I was massive fans of both of them. Culturally like, dead. Culturally dead. <laughs> but I, can I invite them? That's terrible, isn't it? It's a tough choice because, as you say, you love film. He's huge in cinema. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of my favourite, I mean, Hannah and her sisters and Crimes and Misdemeanors and Annie Hall. These are just such special films for me like I love love them I get Mm. such comfort from them like through you know times in the past where I felt oh I'm feeling a bit crappy and I put one of those on and they make me feel good you know that kind of feeling but then there's also the other stuff it's a it's problematic 
Uh, but the good thing is, if we've gone for Francis Ha, we have the sort of realm and world of Woody Allen. Yes. And the energy. Totally. From the good he's bits. there. Influentially, he's there. Yeah. Dead. Go on. Robin Williams. No way. Yeah. Did you guess that? Uh, do you know what? Earlier on, and you can see here, in fact, that I wrote uh, Victoria Wood, crossed it out and put Robin Williams. No Earlier on, way. I was just going over it. And I was thinking, for some reason, I feel like you're going to go for him. And I don't oh. know why. Oh, I love that, Jake. I like so, it. You're so when it came up, I was excited because I love him, but I just couldn't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> And I only picked one, and you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I did it, but I'm so glad. Well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so happy with that. I'm so happy. And then fictional. Go on. Tootsie. Oh, that's a great choice. Oh, I love yes. it. That's a good reaction. Yeah, that's a great choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have that. I'll swap over. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll take Tootsie. Tootsie's a great choice because you, yeah. I mean, I love oh. uh, I love that movie and that is a great character. Yeah. Like, when he loses his shit, when he gets really <laughs> cross. <laughs> That's just wonderful. So this is the toughest part of the podcast now, especially sure. when we've got literally, I think what I can count here is, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen people to choose from. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to pick one. Oh God. To go through. Now, there's one obvious one, I think, that we both enjoy talking about a lot. Okay. I'd say we're down for to For alive people. We're to, for alive, but no, we only get to pick one for the whole lot. Oh God. Oh, sorry, yeah. So it's even it's really tougher. Oh, it's really hard, Jake. <laughs> I just wanted to add uh, more stress to your life in quite a stressful time. (laughs) (laughs) We have, I reckon, Gloria Steinem, because you mentioned her before as being the choice that was there. I think think we should go Gloria Steinem as a choice for Alive. Dead, we've only got one, Robin Williams. Fictional, I think, either Francis Hart or Tootsie. Let's go with Tootsie. Tootsie. Wow, that's high praise. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that list. We have to get it down to one. Oh, no, maybe Han Solo should have been our fictional one. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. what, I do like to have yeah. a flirt. I like a little flirt. And he, was, right. he, bring, he brings that. Okay, that's fine. We can do that then. We still have to get it down to one, though. Oh, God. It'll have to be Robin Williams because it's Robin so Williams. you predicted that I was going to say him. That's Lovely. Too, too perfect. I'm so glad you're out with that. And I'm, I'm so glad you chose it. I'm so glad I predicted it. And I can't believe he hasn't come up yet. Well... He has now. He has now. And he, he's at the dinner party. How good is that going to be? Yeah, he got in, through. In fact, can we also, because he's going to be so good to have it at a dinner party, can we bring your mate who will come and tape the curtains up so that it never has to end? <laughs> yeah, and turn the clocks back. <laughs> but the sun's oh. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So that really does show me how much more Francis Ha you were than I ever realised. I mean, Arrested Development, I pushed that right, right into my 30s. I still have some days where I'm still like... (laughs) (laughs) The good job for that, though, isn't it? Yes, it's perfect. It really is. We're the Peter Pans. Oh, brought it around. Look at that. (laughs) Harry, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's been an absolute joy.
So that was Kerry. I hope you had as much fun listening as we had recording it. As always, please remember to rate and subscribe and share on social media because it really does make such a difference. And as always, I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye. I'm being grotesque, but you've got to be. You see what I mean? You've got to be crazy. It's too late to be sane. Too late. You've got to go full tilt, Bozo. Because <laughs> you're only given a little spark of madness. And if you lose that, you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs>